0: Welcome everyone and thank you for being here. I was gonna—I didn't want to say this during that moment, you know, we were all worshiping and, and God was really moving. I didn't want to tell you this part of the story. Uh, of course, let me say this, I would not recommend anybody going into the woods in January when it's 5 degrees. You can die like that, okay? For, so I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying that that was at a point in my life where I really felt strongly. Um, what I found out though, I still do that. I still... every year i go away for seven days and i fast and i pray and i still put together a year's worth of plans for the years i do that but i do it in october now because i find out (laughs) that god can speak to me in warmer weather okay so it's like you know what we can we can do this you know during the fall and when it's 50 or 60 degrees another thing is when i was in the woods uh, the coyotes were getting really close to my tent and my dog was there and he slept outside the tent But uh, I could hear the coyotes run around, and and it was really creepy every night, and it was affecting my dreams. And I actually believed, and the reason I know this, because I've forgotten about this, but I wrote this dream in my journal. That I had this dream one night that the coyotes were shooting at me and my dog. That we were at war with the coyotes. They were, you know, every night I was worried about the coyotes. Cause out of here, but one night I actually dreamed that they were after us and they were shooting. And I looked over, and you know, the the, the coyotes were wearing red bandanas and shooting at us. And I and I and, and I looked over at my dog and I said, I, I said, where did they learn to shoot? And my dog looked back at me and said, Never mind that. Where did they get those pistols? <laughs> I th- I woke up laughing. I wrote it down in my journal anyway. Thought I'd share that with you. So, uh, I want that back, by the way. We're continuing a series called I Declare. Psalm 107 and 2 says, Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. We're declaring some things in 2017 and believing that God is going to be doing some things in our lives. Let's kick it off with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. Bless us as we receive of your word. As we come here today, challenge us and change us according to your plan and will. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, get ready. get ready. Man, get ready. God's about to do some incredible things in your life. All the things, the price that's been paid this week, the fasting and the praying and the believing. God is about to do some incredible things in your life. In fact, we are believing that 2017 is going to be your our best year yet. You believe that? Say amen. amen. We're declaring those things. In Deuteronomy 4 and 13... It says this, and he declared to you, this is God, his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on tablets of stone. So we see that a successful declaration is not only spoken, but it's written and it is performed. That's what we do. We speak it out, we write it out, and we walk it out. Say that with me. We speak it out, we write it out, we walk One more time, we're going to speak it that's what we're going to do. We're not just going to say it. And what we declared the very first week, we declared that we are followers of Christ. It's not just something. It's not, we're not just going to, we're not just going to be on the fence about that anymore. We're thinking, well, maybe if things work out, if, if you know, if, if it, it's not too much of a confrontation, if I don't have to do that, no, absolutely, we're going to draw a line in the sand and decide once and for all that I am a follower of Christ. And I'm not just going to say it, I'm going to back it up. You need to back it up, right? Look at your neighbor and say, I need you to back it up. Listen, here's the deal. If you're going to declare that you are a follower of Christ, you back it up by how you live your life. Okay? You don't just say it. Another thing is, I declare that I am an ambassador for Christ. Everybody say, I am am. an ambassador for Christ. Christ. Uh, It's uh, living for God, serving God, leading people to Christ. It's not just something I do. It is who I am. Right? I am an ambassador. I am a soul winner. Luke 19 and 10, Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. This is His mission, therefore it is our mission. I'm going to write it out, I'm going to speak it out, and I'm going to walk it out. We've been talking about this. We began it last week, the third declaration that we're going to make in our lives. Everybody say, I declare, I declare that, I that I am the church. In fact, say it like this, I am, the I am the church. We together make up the body of Christ. Church is not just a place we, we go. Church is who I am. Am we are the church? We began talking about that last week. Because I am the church. Here's what I'm going to do. First of all, I will belong as part of this church. I'm going to belong to the church because as I belong to the church, I experience a couple of things. The first thing that I experience is family. I experience family. You know, I have a family in my house, but I have a family here at the church. The Bible says that God sets the lonely in families. It's such a blessing that we have an extended family beyond our family at home. And I want you to look at the person sitting next to you and look at them and say, we are family. We are family. We're very different. We come from different cultures, different backgrounds. But the Bible says that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen to me. Not everybody in the world not, all of, all, not everybody are children of God. The Bible says in John that he gives people the right to become children of God as we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Therefore, as becoming part of the church, we are the children of God. We are God's family. We are adopted kids. We are family. So we, when we belong to his church, we experience family and we experience purpose. We experience purpose. The Bible says in Romans, the 12th chapter, well, I'm going to skip that verse. I'm going to go down a little bit. In in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 12th verse, it says this. I covered this last week, but I want to make sure I get this again. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of you are Jews and some are Gentiles. And I'm going to add a little bit of what i believe if you were talking to this church today if the apostle paul would say this to faith go i believe he would say these things back then it was only jews and gentiles in other words you were either you were other you were either an israelite or you were not you were either in or you were kind of out well our church is so multicultural and diverse i believe he would say it like this Okay, let me, start, again, let me start again. Some of you are Jews, and some of you are Gentiles. Some of you are black, and some of us are white. Let me say it like that. Some of us are Latino, some of us are Asian. Some of us are Native American, some of us are European. Some of us are Oklahomans, some of us are Texans, some of us are Arkansas, and some of us are Californians. Some of us are old, and some of us are young. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. Some of us are skinny. Some of us are heavy. Some of us are athletic. Some of us are nerds. Some of us are goths. Some of us are strange. Some of us are beautiful, and some of us have a good personality. And some of us are just plain weird. Don't look at your neighbor. Look straight up here. But our differences are what makes us special. Listen to me. If you want to get really confused and get divided in the house of God, start watching the news and the media. Because they're trying to... It, it almost feels like the media has an agenda to divide us. But I want to tell you something. In the church, I don't care if you're black, white. I don't, care, I don't care where you come from, what your cultural background. You're my family, and your differences, our differences makes us beautiful. Because if we were all the same, it would be boring. Right? we are all family and we are all belonging to the, to the body of Christ amen? amen so i am the church where i'm committed to belong and where i what i want to talk about today is i'm committed to his church. Therefore, I will build this church. I'm not just going to belong to the church, but I'm going to build his church. Not just belong, not just attend. I'm going to build it. Ephesians 4 and 11 says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave the church. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers. These are the spiritual leaders of the church. The church dynamics has changed now. You would call these leaders, basically a leadership team like what we have, our staff. He gave leaders in the church, and their responsibility is this, the 12th verse, is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now notice that he didn't call the leaders. It doesn't say that the leaders, their responsibility is to build the church. It says the the leadership responsibility is to equip God's people, the saints, The people that don't work at the church. There are things that as full-time ministry leader that we have time to do to to put things together. Our job is to, to give people opportunities. The Greek word for equip means to furnish. Our job is to give people that go to work, everyday ordinary people that go to work every single day. We give people opportunities and tools and we equip them to do the works in ministries. Isn't it a wonderful thing that God has designed the church in such a way that the leaders equip and give the church people opportunities and tools and time and availability to be able to serve God? You get to serve God through his house. And by doing that, it actually builds up the church. You believe that same man? 13th verse says, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. And this this verse talks about what happens and how it happens. Until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God, or, or God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In other words, His work or service, and when we serve, builds the body. Here's how this happens. This verse just... Uh, This verse just describes this. There is unity in faith. He says this will continue until we all come to such unity in faith. How do we come to unity of faith? As we begin to build the body, we begin to... Whatever your belief system is, it begins to change. Once you give your life to Christ, you begin to understand faith. We don't have somebody believing something like this over here and somebody believing something different over here. No, we become united in our faith. He says another thing that happens, How? How the church builds the body is that we become knowledgeable about our Lord. Knowledge of our Lord through relationships. You cannot debate people into the body of Christ. You can't use religious debate. Instead, you have to use relationship. People get involved through the church and get involved and grow in God through their relationships. Another way or how we build the body is through spiritual maturity and growth. As we just read. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, listen, there's going to be a lot of deceitful spirits that are going to creep into the church. So study and be able to back up what you believe so the church and you won't be carried away with every wind of doctrine. What happens is people believe this and, and, who, and the path to God in our American culture is all over the place. It's like a moving target. Well, we've got this over here, and and this is the path to God, and and this is the path to God. Well, actually, we're all going to heaven, and there's many paths to God, but that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. When he did that, he drew a line. You know, I didn't write that. It's not my opinion. It's just what I believe. And what happens is, as we grow and build the body, We become spiritually mature. And there's not all this belief confusion and religious confusion. We must grow. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you to grow up. (laughs) So when we build the body, that's what happens. All of these things happen. We've discussed the how. Now let's talk about the why. Why should I serve his church? Why should I be connected to the church? Why should I even be the body of Christ? Why does it even matter? I'll tell you why. Because we're not just reaching out. We're growing in. We talk a lot about evangelism. We talk a lot about, uh, about how we affect our community. We talk a lot about reaching the world on behalf of, of Christ and being representatives. But let me tell you something. It's not just about that. It's also about the person seated next to you. That there are people all around us every single day that are going through things and need to be built up. And as we come and as we take part in His house and commit to being part of the body of Christ and do these things, grow in the knowledge of God, grow in faith, unite in all these it builds up us and it builds up the person sitting next to you. And it builds the body of Christ. Because as we do that, as His church and it has, as His people, all of us, and I'm talking about us as the church. I'm not talking about people out there right now. I'm talking about us as a church. We first of all, need to be built up. And what I mean by this is we are a work in progress. Wherever you are today, you are a work in progress. In, first, first, in fact, First Corinthians 3 and 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. You are what God's working on. Now, I know that you're serving his house, and I know that you're reaching people. And even, even when you're alone, people don't know about it. You're trying to lead people to Christ. You're talking to people at your job and what. But really, what's going on is, God is God, you are the work that God is working on. Yes, it's not just about you, but it is kind of about you. As you do these things, God is building you, and he's actually building other people around you. We are growing. Amen? You're growing on the inside and on the outside. God is working on you through his church individually. He's working you out. Let me tell you something. Everyone is born, everyone is born, you know, with, with, with a, a pretty good body or a decent body. But as you grow up and as you get older, especially after you cross, you know, twenty years old, if you're gonna have a decent body, you have to work that body out. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you know, yeah, we're born with it, but at the same time, and people who have really, really good bodies, bodybuilders, whatever, uh, people who have really good bodies have to work at that. Let me show you, let me give you some images of of people with really, really good bodies. We're going to start with the women. Go ahead, guys. You guys don't think I'd really do that, did you? (laughs) But I got your attention, didn't I? Get your purse. We're leaving. (laughs) You just have to have seen some of you. (laughs) I love it. I love it, man. There's nothing like having fun at somebody else's expense, is it? Nothing like that. Nothing feels like that. Super Bowl is next next weekend. Man, you look at some of those guys that that, that, that are professional athletes. They are elite athletes. You look at their arms, their shoulders, their forearms, their legs, their thighs. Even the guys on the line that weigh 300 pounds, you look at them. Those guys are working on that. That's not about looks. Those guys don't care much how they look as much as it is. They're working on their speed, their agility, their strength, and on their power. Amen? That's that's where Amen and football players, <laughs> Travis, pay attention. Well, we're all excited about the football, but here's here's the deal. That takes work, and you have to work on what, what God has conditioned you for. Well, Faith Code Church is the body of Christ, and we are commissioned and commanded to build that body. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter and the 16th verse, it says, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so, so that it builds itself up in love. Listen, what I want you to ask yourself is, what part of the body do you play a role in? What is your role in the body? What is your part of the body? Because a lot of times we think about the church as a whole. Like, well, we need, it. we need to build the church. We need the church to grow. Or we need the church to grow in this area. Or we need to, this, the church needs this. Well, instead of thinking build the church, we need to think individually, what is my role? Because God has called me for a specific purpose. So what kind of unique talent? What is there that you can do that nobody else can do that only you can do? How are you unique And are you doing that in the body of Christ? Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I need you to work that body out. So when we're in the church, the first thing is we need to be built up. The second thing is many times we need to be lifted up. Now, listen, we're talking about us. As, we, as we're a part of the body of Christ, sometimes we need to be lifted up, specifically lifted up in prayer. In Romans 1 and 9, it says, For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit and the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in prayer. What if I told you that prayer really works? Now listen to me because I want you to hear this. What if I told you that prayer really, really works? I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor, but I've lived through some things and I've, I've seen some things that, that God has done that the only thing that we could do was pray and God moved, moved incredibly. What if I told you that prayer really works? In fact, if I could snap my fingers for our church and get the, my greatest wish, it would be that we would come to the reality or the realization and the belief that prayer really works to so much to the extent that, man, when we got ready to pray, and we got ready to, to pray for the church, and pray for its leaders, and pray for the building campaign, and all these things that we prayed passionately. The Bible talks about passionate prayer, that when we hit our knees about something, that we did it in such a way that we knew that it was going to make a difference. That it wasn't like, now I lay me down to sleep in patty cake. That it, was, that it wasn't like, well, thank you, God, for this food. Great God, great food, or however that goes. You know what I'm saying? That, but, it, but it was more like, God, I pray that we, you would shake this community. God, I pray that you would move greatly on behalf of our church. Lord, I pray for these things that are going on in my life. And, and I'm talking about getting alone where nobody can hear you and maybe even raising your voice a little bit and getting passionate. I'm telling you, listen to me. Prayer brings possibility to impossible situations. Do you believe that? Say amen. Amen. Prayer brings into reality the things that that we once hoped for. Amen? But what if we really, really believed it to the extent that we got serious about it? Well, James 5 and 16 says it like this. It says, confess your sins to each other and what? Pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the earnest prayer, one translation says, the passionate prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces results. There are powerful, wonderful results when we really get serious and pray. If we really prayed and really believed that when we pray that it shakes the earth and touches heaven, we would become an unstoppable force. Amen? Think about it for a second. The things that you think that are going on, and I've lived through stuff like this. I've, I've, I've had people look at my life when I've started ministry. When we first started, people looked at us thought, there is no way that they're going to be able to do that. I've been through train wrecks, through ministry, and thought there's no way that we're going to be able to do this. Five years ago, people thought there's no way that Faithful Church is going to survive what's going on. or There's no way that they're going to be able to build that building. And let me tell you something. I'm picking, out, I'm picking out breweries. Not breweries. I'm picking out... <laughs> I'm picking, out, I'm picking out coffee brewers for a brand new coffee bar. You know what I'm saying? It's happening. I'm sorry about that. we got to edit that out. It goes online. It goes live. You know. It's happening. And it happens through prayer. And I don't know what's going on in your life. But have you taken it to God in prayer and really gotten serious about it? Because I'm telling you. A lot of people in your life will look at you and and then count you down and out. There's no way I'll get past this. There's no way my marriage will survive this. There's no way that that I can get past this in my finances. There's no way that I can get past this. I'm going to die in this. Maybe, you know, hell's betting on the fact that you're not going to make it. They're rolling dice and taking bets and names. There's no way. But listen to me. Maybe if all your friends, all of your friends on this earth say they can't make it. Well, I want to tell you something. The person... Or the God in heaven is not from this earth. And when you pray, it shakes heaven and has a universal effect. Amen? That's why we pray. So pray, pray, pray. Amen? Let me say it over here. Pray, pray, pray. It is powerful. Amen? We're getting turned up in here, aren't we? Whatever that means. As a church body, we need to be built up. We need to be lifted up. And finally, sometimes we need to be picked up. Because we all fall. We all go through things in life that rock our world to the extent that we need each other. Amen? Galatians 6 and 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, If a brother or if another believer is overcome by some sin you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation I heard somebody say many years ago and I feel like this this is the kind of church that I grew up in is that the church is the only army who kills its wounded that when people come to church and they become a part of our family. Think about that for a second. And I saw it for years in a church that I grew up. And it wasn't that people were bad. It was just that people did not want to reveal themselves to each other. And people would come to church and they would never talk about their sins. or would never talk about because they got saved. Therefore, they have to start living right. Listen to me. We all have struggles, don't we? We all deal with things. A lot of times we feel, you know, we feel like this. We feel like you know, uh, ch- churches... A place where, where I can be and be a part, and I have to be growing in God, but but I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint people. And that's not the church that God has called us to be. A lot of times people we'll invite people into our environments. We'll invite people to our church. And we say, you, you come and be a part of our church. Come and be a part of our small group. Come and be a we are we are a family. You can be part of our family. We are the family of God. His mercy endures forever. However, my mercy only endures for about 10 minutes. So if you got problems, that's going to be a problem. How many times have have we experienced that in church? Let me tell you something. That's not what God has called the church to be. It's time that we got real in the church seats. Amen? It's time that we got real with each other because people need to be lifted up. Listen to this. And I'm not talking about, you know, At the end of church, okay, during the invitation, we want to know all of your problems. We're going to march up here on stage and you're going to confess. Okay, listen to this. James 5 and 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so they might be healed. Let's look at that again because that is a little bit of a challenge. Confess your what? To? To each other. Wait a minute, I thought we were supposed to confess to God. No, you ask for forgiveness from God, but you confess your sins to each other. Now, you don't confess your sins to everybody. You don't confess your sins to everybody in church. You confess your friends to people that are very, very close to you, that God has put around you, who has the, the power to restore you and help you through situations. And that is something that we have to, we have to grow at as a body of Christ. You know, I, I, I don't need to know everybody's sins, but the people that are close to me, that I should be able to be trusted with that confession. Let me ask you guys something. What if your friend, that's been part of your small group or your church environment, what if your friend sits down with you? You've known this person for three or four years, five years, six years, whatever. What if they sit down with you at at Red Lobster? She says to you, "This, hey, I need to tell you something." He says this to you, "I need to tell you something. I've had an, I've been having an affair for a year." How would you handle that information? check please. (laughs) That's hard to handle. That is tremendous. That is a very hard, but let me tell you something. That is what we are. That's what we are. You know what I'm saying? I got got to thinking about that. I have lived through situations like that. What if I stumble? What if I fall? Do you watch me fall or do you help me through that situation? (whistles) Ooh, he's going to feel that in the morning. Is it like that, or do do we catch each other? That's what being a part of the body of Christ is all about. Listen to me. Proverbs says that a good man, even though he falls seven times, will continue to rise. However, sometimes sometimes we need to be lifted up. Sometimes we need a hand. Look at your neighbor and say, "Can can you lend me a hand? And that's what people are wondering about us. That's what people are wondering about us. When they come to the church and we talk about how wonderful God is, how wonderful, how wonderful his church is, and what God is doing in your life, you know what they say? They say, there's no way I could be in that church. If people really knew what I did, if people, if you, Travis, you don't understand. I can't tell you how many people that have said to me, Travis, you don't understand how bad I've been. You don't understand what I've been through. You know how many times I've heard this statement, if I walked into that church, the, the roof would fall in? I, t- I tell people that our new church has a reinforced roof <laughs> for all of those kinds of people, all of us kinds of people, amen? And maybe you're here and you're sitting here thinking that. You're thinking, if, if Travis, if you only knew what I've done, Maybe you are here thinking, there's no way that I can confess what I've done to my small group or the people, the people that I'm close to. I don't know if people, and you know, you said that this is the church, we're supposed to confess our sins, and we're supposed to grow. I don't know if they can handle that. Let me tell you something, because I've had a lot of people come up to me over the years and say, Travis, you don't understand. You know what I have? You know what I have to say about that? Get in line. That's not supposed to be insensitive. I'm saying that you have no idea what I've heard about people. You have no idea. You have no idea what, what you know I've been through in my immediate family. You have life is tragic on so many levels for so many people. And so many people have been through tremendous things. And over the past 17 years, what I've heard people say that has happened to them, that they have been victims, or what they have done to people, and all that. I've, 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 I've sat and listened to people talk about things that are going on. And, and on the outside, I'm going, yes, yes, man, yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And on the inside, I'm going, ah! ah! You know what I'm saying? Because I can't believe what people are going through and what God, or what what people have gone through and what people are being delivered from. That tells me that we serve an incredible God, a loving God, a God of second chances. And in my case, second, third, fourth. Amen? We, that, that is the kind of church I want Faith Coat to be. When I say we are the church, I mean that we act like Christ in every circumstance. Amen? Listen to me. I am the church. You are the church. When we save a person, when we help a person back, we not only build his church, but we save a life. And that is exactly what he came to do. Amen? Amen. Let me leave you with this. I am the church. It's my family. It's my purpose. That's what I experience. I will belong to it, and I will build it, and I declare it. Amen? Amen? Everybody say, I am the church. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and challenging us. Lord, I pray that you will touch every person right now. And whatever you're saying to people, I pray, Father, that even my words, where they fall. And the intention was there, but the words weren't right. I pray that your Holy Spirit brings anointing. And we experience and will be receptive to what you want to do in the lives of people today. Wherever we are. In the name of Jesus. As your heads are about, if you're seated here. And you are a believer. You live for God. But God is speaking to you about something. About challenging you in the area of belonging to his church. Right now, church is just somewhere you attend. You might go every six weeks. You might not go. You drop in. You drop out. But God is stirring your heart to really, really become part that you have a family, that you have a purpose. You're not only going to belong, but you're going to build. Because when you build, it not only builds you, it builds the people around you. And God is challenging you in that right now. And you want to make a decision. I'd like to pray with you right now. You don't have to raise your hands or anything like that. But if you're seated next to somebody you love, I'd like for you to join with them right now. Take them by the hand and let's pray together. It's very powerful when people agree on things like this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that you're dealing with right now, that you're stirring hearts and lives, that there's something going on right now in the lives of people that we want to belong and we want to build your church. We are the church. It's not just somewhere we go. It's not where just where we attend, but it is who we are. May we grow in this. May we become part. May we build and may we do great things through your will in our lives we're not going to be bystanders or spectators but we're going to get involved we're going to get on the team and as you're dealing with people right now they will make a decision to do this and I thank you for it father and we confess it in the name of Jesus if you believe that say amen now if you continue to bow your heads I want to pray one more prayer if you're here today and God is dealing with you about coming home Maybe Jesus is not Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you have never said Jesus be Lord and Savior of my life. Maybe that's your story. Or maybe the story is you've gotten away from God. You've walked away from Him. You once knew Him and you once served Him, but you've gotten away from Him. God never leaves you. But sometimes we, when we walk away from God, it's important to rededicate ourselves. To take that stand. If you're here and you can say, Travis, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I would love to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here and you can say, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right with God, but I want to know for sure before I leave. You can do that too. In fact, I'm going to make it easy. It's our way here that we don't want to embarrass anybody. We don't want to single you out. You don't have to raise your hand, stand up, walk the aisles. You just sit right where you're seated and you pray a prayer with us. So if you're here today and you can say, Travis, that's me. I'm not going to have you stand or anything like that. But I just need to know that people are serious. If you can say, Travis, today I'm going to make it back to God. Or I'm going to give my life to Christ for the first time. And I'm serious about it. And if you'll pray that prayer, I'm going to pray it with you. Just slip your hand up and slip it down. I just want to know. Can anybody say that? That's me, Travis. I see your hand right there. You can put it down. Anybody else? I see your hand right there. You can put it down. Anybody else? Travis, I'm going to give my life to Christ today. I'm serious about it. I'm going to pray that prayer with you. I see your hand right there. You can put it down. I see your hand in the back. You can put it down. Anybody else? Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. All right, we're going to pray. And as we pray, and you lifted your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after us, and we'll all pray together. And even if you didn't raise your hand or if I didn't see it, God saw your hand and God sees your heart. So pray this and mean it. And today is the day you're going to give your life to Christ. Let's pray together, all together. Dear Heavenly Father, as I am before you today, I give you my life. I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I confess my sins. And I ask for forgiveness. Today I make you Lord and Savior of my life. That I believe in you. That you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you. In Christ's name. Amen. Come on guys, let's celebrate.